You're listening to Turning Point, a Curtin University podcast for students, by students. My name is Daniel Spence and I'm your host for today's podcast. While we usually discuss topics related to the arts, we thought we'd switch up and talk about something equally important. As we approach the federal election in May, we will be interviewing selected Curtin students to talk to them about their election concerns. We're hoping to speak to people with varying viewpoints to help inform undecided voters as well as highlight the importance of understanding politics and election promises. We are joined here today by Curtin student Paris. How are you today, Paris? Yeah, well, thank you. So we'll just start off with asking you what your name is, uh, what you're studying and what year you're in. My name is Paris McNeil. I'm in my final year of studying law here at Curtin. Awesome. Um, Question first. So what are some of the key issues that you'll be voting for in this election? I think some of the key issues that are really important to me are financial issues and in particular the big picture ones I'm quite interested in, I suppose, Australia having a really strong economy and diversifying our trade partners and not being reliant on one particular industry or one particular type of exports or the people that we export things to to make sure that everyone in Australia can have a really strong economy to back them in whatever endeavour they choose to pursue. So if I may be so as to forward as to ask, um, who were you intending to vote for in this election and why? Good question. So I've actually already cast a postal vote and I've voted for my Liberal member, Ken Wyatt. Awesome. And can you tell us why you voted for them? What were some of the policies that stuck out to Mm -hmm. you? So Ken Wyatt is currently the member for Indigenous Affairs and he's well known in our electorate, makes quite a lot of things happen and... In particular, he recently made an election promise to reinvigorate one of our the Parkerville Oval and the associated playing grounds. I voted for him because I think that he will be able to make things happen, particularly at a local level, and is quite involved. And that's important to me, not just to vote for the political party because of their prime minister necessarily, but because they'll also make things happen for my local community. Um, So you identify as a libertarian. Um, Can you explain what a libertarian is and what their beliefs are? Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't necessarily say that I am a libertarian, but I do like the the way that they approach policy and um, particularly economic behaviours. So libertarianism is essentially the ideology that there should be limited government intervention and that the free market economy should be able to do its thing. So if there is supply and demand, that the market should just be able to operate freely and there should be limited subsidies, um, but that the government should still play a role in defence and uh, and healthcare and other important key things, but to not have too much intervention in other market economies. During the pandemic, a lot of people, especially students, received a lot of help in terms of uh, social service payments. Being libertarian, um, what are your thoughts on these payments such as JobKeeper and the Corona Supplement Fund? Mm. So I think that the the, sub, the subsidies and the JobKeeper, JobSeeker, I think they're all really important and they did provide a really important buffer for Australians. They, they kept people on the books and they got us through a very challenging time, arguably the most challenging since probably World War II. So... 
I think that they were very important. With JobKeeper, there's the criticism that it wasn't if, uh, for example, a corporation made a profit and could afford to pay their employees, that they didn't have to repay that to the government. So perhaps that could have been created better. But, I mean, it all happened very quickly and it needed to be pushed out. So from a libertarian perspective, libertarians would say, okay, we should have less welfare payments. But I think that it was a good and an appropriate way to keep the Australian economy going through a really difficult time, even though it had some kinks and potentially could have been done better. I think that it was a good way to keep us all going. Definitely. Um, data released by the Vote Compass showed that many young people consider climate change to be their most important issue going to election. Um, as a young person as, as yourself, do you agree with this? I think that it is a very important issue for a lot of young people. It's not the most important issue for me personally. Although my electorate of Hasluck, we do have a lot of bush area that has a number of planning issues. So we have plans for high density developments in bushfire prone areas that are not economically safe in my opinion. They're not um, that are not environmentally safe in my opinion, that put people's lives at risk and put our environment at risk moving forward and really do add to that climate change debate that I think from a public policy perspective if we've got politicians on one hand saying we're really focused on making some climate change developments and policy, but then on the other hand they're pushing forward with huge developments that take out hectares and hectares of trees, then we've got a real um, opposition of thought there. So I think that it is a really important issue and we will see some interesting things in the debate. From a libertarian perspective, I think that... Because the Liberal Party came out and said, okay, we're not going to put in necessarily specific targets, but we're going to rely on innovation, I think there is some merit in saying that because you've got to have the private sector, you've got to have companies coming through and making the new things. You can't, um, from a libertarian perspective, just say, okay, government, you make it all happen because then that's potentially not going to be economically efficient won't have as many people on board so I think that it needs to be a balancing act you need to have that buy-in from big corporations in order to actually make some meaningful change in that space awesome um you said that you were a law student and you're studying the arts um the liberal government has raised the cost of certain university degrees such as arts and law um is why should students vote for a party that's not interested in affordable education across the board? It's an interesting question, but in my opinion, tertiary education is still very affordable and our our HEX HELP system is probably, in my opinion, world-leading in the fact that you can still attend and it's not prohibitive if you don't have the funds and then at a certain stage when you're making enough money, you can repay that incrementally. I think that's a great system. In terms of prioritising different degrees and making some more expensive, I think that that's potentially always happened and that when you need more nurses, the policy just is that you make those fees cheaper so it's more uh, appealing to those kinds of people to go into that degree opposed to, say, an arts degree. I'm not sure that just increasing arts degrees, the fees, because of the 
hex system, I don't think that that will discourage people from actually going in and studying humanities if that's what they really want to do. I am all for that. And I think that people doing humanities and arts-based degrees do play a really important role in our society and in, in the job market and the economy. So the fact that politicians benefited at one stage because degrees were cheaper, I I think that you could say that about a number of different different things and people at different times that houses were cheaper 20 years ago as well and they benefited from that too. So I think that potentially we need to go with the fact that that's the policy and that at this time the government is prioritising getting healthcare workers and engineers and that kind of thing through to push that innovation forward and and the aged care to really align with the problems that they see them uh, as they see them at the moment. Definitely. Um, uh, Many people have referred to Labor as the party that spends where liberals are more fiscally conservative. Uh, Do you agree with this, disagree with this? What is your thoughts on this comment? I would in some ways agree that I don't think that liberals are more fiscally conservative necessarily, but I think they approach their policy with more of an economics mindset and they're more willing to promote things that like business and innovation, whereas Labor is more looking to increase welfare, for example, or free education, free tertiary education. I think that perhaps Labor because they are looking almost to equal the playing field a little bit and bring that middle class up and provide benefit to to the lower middle class, that perhaps it's seen that they spend more or prioritise their spending differently. But I think that both parties will have a pretty sound budget, whatever that looks like, and it's just a different focus on where they put their money. Uh, so what are your overall f- opinions on voting and how do you feel the election's going so far? Are you positive with the what you see from our candidates so far, negative? How do you feel about it? I have very mixed feelings. So I have seen a number of ads on, on TV from various political parties and it really frustrates me because things are often taken out of context, completely out of context, in fact. And I am quite disappointed with the rhetoric and the way that the the political parties around election time just degrade their their opponents when and make it really um, one-sided and try and really cut this divide between the two major parties when, in fact, they're actually pretty similar and they will often debate really heatedly on issues, but they're often mostly on the same page and it's just small different things that they're disagreeing on. They're, um, they are generally looking to solve the same issues. So... It makes me a bit disappointed to see the very aggressive marketing that they put out trying to wreck each other's image and I think that that can mislead people sometimes when when snippets of interviews are taken out of context. So overall, I feel maybe a, like a 5 or a 6 out of 10 out of, uh, regarding how I feel about the election in general and I think that... Perhaps that would be true for any election, but around this time, I really dislike the marketing. 
So you feel that the discussion around politicians and campaigning should be more positive or being promising on what you're going to do instead of tearing the opposition down? Do you think it should be more of a positive outlook? Absolutely. And I'd like to know, as an elector, I'd like to see more more promises, more election promises in my electorate to see what the members are actually going to offer and have a more positive outlook, as you've said, because I think that that would be more productive and then people could make far more informed choices about, okay, well, this politician has, or this candidate has offered this as their election promise versus this as the other one. And then you can really decide on the issues that are important to you, not the colour that you like more, perhaps. Yeah. Um, Do you think that voters have become more party-driven voters more than policy? Do you think people just blindly vote parties without taking time to consider what they're exactly voting for? One kind of topic that I I like to talk about in terms of libertarianism is this thing called rational ignorance. So an an individual, they have a right to vote and it's a really important right, but as an individual, your right also doesn't really influence things one way or the other. So an individual could say, oh, I'm just not a political person. I don't really think about politics because what can my one vote do? And that's rational ignorance, like uh, that's rational ignorance because the amount of time and effort that you'd have to put into learning about politics and the the policies and the promises, it's a lot to just vote on a piece of paper once every three years. But the votes do mean something because everyone has them and they're collective. So perhaps because of that, people are just more willing to vote for the Prime Minister and the leader of that party because of that rational ignorance. They don't want to look into all of the promises that they make and everything that they stand for because they can get the general vibe from the media and perhaps go with that opposed to doing a lot of research. And I think that that's completely viable and um, that a lot of people don't have the time to put into it. Definitely. Um, you said that you're a liberal, vote, a liberal voter and as a woman, how do you feel about the, um, the accusations that are coming forward from women about the Liberal Party creating a hostile environment, in particular with the Brittany Higgins case? And um, This obviously has implications for many female students to choose if they vote Liberal or not. So has this been a factor in if for voting for Liberal or has this not been a factor? I did follow this story quite closely and... I think, again, it's interesting how the media portrays it. And when you look at some media sources, it's portrayed in a very different light to if you look at other news channels, for example. I think that it is important to bring that to light. And if there is a hostile environment that's been created there, then that does need to be addressed. Did it actually influence my vote? Not in in a really significant way. I think that... The amount of airtime that it got, hopefully the redress and the the things that need to change have been and will continue to be changed. But from from a policy perspective, I think it was important to me to vote for my local member because of what they also promised my electorate and not focus on everything that's happening at Canberra because although that does affect me in some ways, it's not affecting me as directly as the promises for my local footy oval, for example. Definitely. So you talked about how you were a Liberal voter. Um, What made you become more of a Libertarian? What factors? Was it your family, your environment, people you were around with? What made you choose the side of Libertarianism? 
It was actually a program that I went on in 2020 with the Mankell Economic Education Foundation. So their leadership development program, they are a libertarian forum in, in Western Australia and they had us attend and have Zoom conferences with world-leading economists and other, not just libertarian, but people with varying different economic backgrounds and we could view that and learn all about that type of economic theory and then make our own decisions. So I did study economics in Year 12, but that was a very different type of economics that I hadn't been exposed to. So when I started learning about it, I thought, okay, wow, these these ideas that the market should just go with supply and demand and not be intervened with too much, that really resonated with me. And then I think after listening to more podcasts and learning about personal finance and and other societal kind of important factors, I came to the conclusion that I more like and more attracted to policy where businesses can can innovate and thrive and work pretty freely with less red tape. And I think my legal background as well plays into that aspect because there is so much red tape. There's so many laws. So I think that if the government for some for some things can step back and say, okay, businesses, as long as you're running eth- ethically and you're meeting these requirements, then you can trade your goods and not have a tariff or a subsidy and that kind of thing. Definitely. So um, before we wrap up, I'll ask you one more question. Um, if there's a message that you want to get out to a new voter, what would it be? I think it would be to, even if you don't have too much time or too much interest, try and do a little bit of your own research, particularly in your own electorate, about what you'd like to see. I'd encourage them to not vote based on who the leader will be, who the Prime Minister will be. I think that the media can really stir that up and all the debates are very adversarial and, and kind of cloud what the actual important issues are. And And the fact is that in your electorate, you want someone that's going to represent you and the issues that are important to you. And it, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter too much what colour they're wearing or who they're representing if they are going to be the best person in your electorate to deal with the issues that are important to your community then I'd encourage them to figure that out and vote for them Awesome, thank you so much for joining us Uh, Thank you for listening to our episode Keep yourself informed this election season and follow us wherever you get your podcasts Thank you